Hi everyone, this is Enrico and I'm here together with Moritz. Hi everyone, this is Moritz. And here is our first episode of the Data Stories podcast. Hey everyone, it's a new Data Stories. Hi Enrico. Hey. How are you doing? <laughs> That's not just another episode of Data Stories. It's a very special episode. <laughs> it's the 100th episode of Data <laughs> Stories. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, three-digit club. <laughs> oh my God. It's crazy, no? How did we get to... Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think we just kept going. We just kept <laughs> going, yeah. I think that's the secret. <laughs> it seems almost like, who did it? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember having done all this stuff together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we both probably at some points thought about like, shall we really continue doing this? It's so much work, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did for sure. Of course. But so, yeah, but somehow we, we kept going. It's amazing. It's nice. Yeah. It's yeah. like a whole couple, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can't live with, with or without each other. So what can you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but it's it's amazing. 100 is like, is such a huge number. And I think now it just becomes even more interesting now that we have this mass of, you know, previous conversations and all the people we met and all the new things we learned. And yeah, it's just building up this, this rich, uh, um, collection of stuff <laughs> I, I, I really enjoy it yeah yeah and yeah so we just passed also 10,000 twitter followers yay yeah a few days ago really nice bad. yeah 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 and so yeah it's nice it's uh, people seem to be interested so that's good <laughs> to some extent yeah yeah we had more effects and figures of course we had data podcast so um we had up to now 528,000 uh and 387 downloads of all episodes <laughs> total. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think 60,000 of those are like for a missing file that doesn't exist on our server. <laughs> we should maybe say that. <laughs> Which is always annoying. That's the most the popular one. Yeah, yeah, it's like every, yeah. So that's a technical glitch. But no, it's a really decent amount of downloads. Last month, uh, 24,000 downloads. So good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, dear listeners. Thanks so much. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question for you, Moritz. Yes. Do you know when we published our first episode? First ever. Uh, must have been in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, no, five years ago or something? Like more yeah. than five, I so guess, right? That. I mean, let, let's look it up. Let me see. Yeah, I so it was in called front Exuberant of me. Animated Data Kitsch. I would still, um, That's still be the best in, title in hearing ever. about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best title ever. Yeah. And yeah, it must be, yeah, February 2012. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 14th. That, that was Valentine's Day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it means anything. So. Nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, lots of things have changed huh, in the past. My God. Compared yeah. to now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So I think one of the first things we want to do today is to go through our top 10 episodes and briefly yeah. comment on them, right? We, we should mention we have no special guest. It's just the two of us. <laughs> You're stuck with us. For You're now. stuck with us. <laughs> yes, Although later on, we bring in two very special guests. Yeah. It's sort of... Um, yeah. yeah, let's wait uh, for that. A surprise. Yeah. Yeah. It's a surprise. It's a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Moritz, do we want to go through the top 10? So that's top 10 in terms of downloads, right? Yeah, yeah. Most popular episodes. Most popular episodes, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm wondering if that favors basically more the older ones or the younger ones. I'm not sure. There might be oh, yeah. a sort of a bias there. Not necessarily, because we do have some recent ones there. So that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not even sure because like our listenership has been growing, yeah. but also the older ones had more chances to be downloaded. I'm not sure. Yeah, whatever. So well, don't anyways, take it too seriously. Yeah, don't take it too seriously. But, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> number one was the one <laughs> on <laughs> data visualization literacy with Jeremy Boy, Helen Kennedy, and Andy Kirk, which yeah. to me was sort of surprising. It was like a complicated topic and like three different guests and it was also a, a difficult recording uh if i remember we were sitting in in my hotel room also partly and it was a tricky recording like technology wise uh but super popular so data visualization literacy seems to be a big topic huh? yeah and it's still a very big topic so yeah. i'm glad to see that happening yeah and I think this whole like topic of learning and teaching and getting started with data visualization and how to improve and how to make the next step and so on, this has been a recurring um, theme for us, right? And yeah. I, I guess also to many of our listeners is like the, the main interest also in the, in the podcast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 The second one is ggplot2r and data toolmaking with Hadley Wickham. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm not too surprised that's that's been a very popular one. Of course, Hadley has a has a huge following and he had a lot of impact with his tools and he's still uh yeah, having a lot of success. So yeah. it was great having having him on the show and talk a little bit about yeah, how he got there and uh, what's his philosophy behind generating tools for people to create yeah, yeah. data visualizations. And it's really interesting. And, he's yeah. such a clear thinker. And he's, yeah. He seems to think about this whole process and also what tool making actually means and even like the naming. So he's really smart about the naming <laughs> of his tools. Yeah, but you know, all of this is important. And I think this was a really... Yeah, really interesting one. And he's, yeah, I think he's to many people like a like sort of a guiding figure in many ways. And uh, yeah, yeah, and it's and great big, to have him. Big contribution, <laughs> Around, very yeah. big practical contribution. Exactly. If I yeah. had to name yeah. some, like 10 people in this, he would yeah. certainly be there, right? Yeah, yeah, really productive guy. Yeah. yeah. Third one, Amanda Cox, the one and only Amanda Cox. Uh, she's the best. I mean, <laughs> uh, on working with our NYT project and her favorite data. Yeah, that's another case. I mean, I think where I mean, she's so popular and she's done so much good work. I'm not surprised we have her in the top top three, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's great. She like always on point, always funny, always like. A, a fresh perspective also on things you might have heard before you thought you have heard before but she always brings in an interesting new spin on these recurring themes and it's yeah she's great so i think she gave a talk recently right that was mm -hmm. open this conf something yeah. like that yeah 
And that's a great follow-up if you if you enjoyed our podcast with uh, Alberto Cairo on uncertainty and the role of media today. I think that's a great follow-up because she reports really well on their election coverage and they got a lot of like beating basically for their <laughs> last year's election coverage and she explains a bit on the like the the thinking behind it and the general challenges of communicating uncertainty really good talk and really ins inspiring and, and interesting yeah yep so the next one is what happened in viz in 2015 year review with andy kirk and robert kosara and uh, if you've been listening to data stories for a while you know that that's a kind of like a classic combo having andy and robert together <laughs> <laughs> and also the year review has been a classic for us since since many years uh, i i'm not sure whether we did it every single year but we have done it for a few years <laughs> so it's yeah. uh yeah i don't know exactly why this one has been so popular but uh it's always been funny to go through through the whole year and figure out what were the main highlights and we would certainly keep doing that right yeah 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 no we did one every year actually so there's five of them and every i think year. this yeah. could this could also make a fun like binge listening like you know <laughs> series of episodes because you could basically fast forward your way through time like <laughs> cover five years and like five hours or something and see how how the conversation has changed and how the field has changed yeah um i also really liked our last year ones which is actually on position number six so it's not that far away uh where we said okay so before we always had like a small group of people and i think mostly andy and robert's talking about the, the real <laughs> review stuff so we said we want to mix it up a bit and so we took five or six different people from around the world and um talk to them and i think that was nice and i would, would love to continue more um yeah showcasing a bit more work from people around the world different types of people than just the usual suspects yeah and i have to say that for me that's been one of the main highlights for the year and probably even for the entire show ever i yeah. think doing doing the data visa around the world has been a lot of work Yeah. Much, much more than 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 It's usual. It's a huge so logistical challenge. You course, listening yeah. to it, I don't know uh, how much you you can you realize that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few weeks of of hard work, and um, and I'm really happy that we managed to reach people in very remote places and basically figure out what's going on there. And the biggest revelation was, hey, there are a lot of amazing people doing database <laughs> in other countries, right? And, yeah. um, and that's a constant challenge for real. us, right? <laughs> Trying to find a way to be more inclusive. It's a big, mm. big, big challenge and something that we're always trying to improve. So I think that this episode has been um, one of the main highlights for me. Yeah, yeah. It was a fun one, for sure. Yeah, number five is Boku and OpenVis Conference. That was a great one too. Um, both because Boku is a cool company and of course because OpenVis is a great conference. So it's like a double uh, double take here. And yeah, I think OpenVis conference this year also the program was really great again. And I haven't watched all the talks, but a couple of them. And it's it's I think it's quite great what they were able to put together there. So great stuff. Yeah. So... The seventh position, we have iQuant New York. Uh, 
Finding Surprising Stories in New York City Open Data with Ben Wellington. That's been an awesome, awesome episode. So good. We had so, so much good. fun recording it. <laughs> yeah. Ben is, yeah. is a natural. And yeah. uh, I can, uh, I think what w one interesting thing that he did, he kind of like started up kind of style of, um, new style of, of blog, blogging about mm -hmm. data and, and data visualization. So I think later on, we, we saw more people doing similar stuff, but it's been one of the first people saying, hey, let me analyze this data set, figure out what interesting story I can say about that and just publish a blog post on it. And yeah. he also had a huge impact with some of the stories. So it's been awesome. Yeah. And it's it's just so nice. So he takes publicly available data, simple yeah. tools, or yeah, like exactly. I mean, he also uses like advanced tools. But often it's stuff you can do yeah. basically with freely available or simple exactly. tools, and then publishes it and like gives it a good story and actually reaches something with it, right? And has an impact. And I think that that was so so good to see that if you just bring these <laughs> basic ingredients <laughs> together in a smart way, there's so much you can do. And I think. Um, the episode we have we had with Lisa Charlotte Rost it was similar in a way because she j took Google search data you can download and simple tools, but then found out all these really interesting things about her own search behavior, right? And I, I always love that when you know it's I mean it's one thing to hear from crazy data artists doing like six figure projects or something, <laughs> thing like wow that's amazing, but I think. It's, <laughs> It's even more amazing if somebody can do something like cool with just the basic tools. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's no limit to the amount of cool stuff you can do from home, right? This is getting yeah. better and better. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Number eight, also one of my personal favorites, uh, statistical numbing with Paul Slavik. Really good. Challenging recording, like <laughs> technically, was like, <laughs> hugely challenging, and and also I think it was slow. It was a really slow episode in a way that we talked for a really long time until we came to the point we were actually like trying to get to, and you know. So during the recording, I felt like, oh, I'm I'm not sure if this is going well, <laughs> but. but Somehow he has so much like knowledge and was able also to drive it all home so well. And it's the point he makes is so deep and interesting and also counterintuitive. And so, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. No, I have to say it's one of the main highlights for me as well. Um, I had the same feeling. It's, <laughs> I was really, um, yeah, I didn't know how people would receive this, this episode. And I'm, I was really surprised by, by the, the reaction. I'm surprised that this episode in this is in the first, in the top 10 list. And I have to say yeah. that probably it struck a chord because, I mean, talking about this issue of the, the fact that numbers and statistics just cannot communicate emotions very well. It's been something. I don't know. I think people just needed to hear the science behind that. And I have to say that after the episode has been published, uh, a few people started talking about this idea much, much, much more often, right? There have been a few presentations. I think Lisa Rost as well had a mm -hmm. one or two presentations touching upon this point. Uh, yeah. I guess Alberto Cairo also talked about some of these things. I can remember... Stephen Few publishing a blog post. So all in a sudden, this kind of like became, um, yeah, some important knowledge to, 
yeah available out there right not just yeah, in yeah, the yeah. academic circles and i think that's that's it's great to see this happening yeah yeah and i think this is always great when we manage to like take something from one area <laughs> sort of <laughs> transplant it into another one it's like and then suddenly you see the parallels or you see the relevance and you realize oh my god i should maybe look at really also research from other fields to yeah. understand what i'm doing yeah yeah um And in a similar way, in uh, episode number top number nine, <laughs> like the ninth most popular one, was uh, with a physicist, and it was about <laughs> listening to data from space. It's such a crazy episode. It's I think that might actually be my favorite one because it was it's so out there. And uh, so Scott Hughes, he sonifies the sound of gravitational waves and he's been working on it for a long time and then finally they were actually discovered so before he was just simulating it and sort of playing how they could sound like and then there were actual measurements so he could sonify how they actually sounded like and was and we had like a lot of sound bites obviously <laughs> in <Yeah>. the episode <laughs> again huge logistical challenge like oh my god you know like to get all these sound snippets together and to have everybody hear them but also record them and whatnot crazy but <laughs> totally paid off <laughs> i love this one yeah, yeah yeah i agree that's another one where we went out of our comfort zone and it almost always like pays out and uh scott also is another one of those guys who he starts talking and, <laughs> and you love the way he talks and the stories he tells uh is also the classic physics professors who can tell a lot of interesting stories i i, I loved recording this episode and as, yeah as you said it's been a huge huge challenge from the technical standpoint trying to play the sounds while we were recording but it's been a lot of fun um yeah i loved it it's another one of my my favorite ones yeah yeah And I'm still thinking about sonification. At some yeah. point, I need to do a sonification project. So yeah. yeah, it's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit on the fringes still, but yeah, totally. And it's so hard to get right. But it's I feel like I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to get it right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. And it sort of also fits to the tenth uh, most popular episode. Because also about science. Yep. Uh, and this one was about science communication with uh, Jen Christensen from Scientific American. Yeah. That was a great one yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 And, but to me, it was shocking how little science communication we had in the end, like in the 100 episodes, uh -huh. maybe there's two or three maximum, <laughs> which is sort of, <laughs> it seems like such a natural thing to do because I'm super interested in it. I do a lot of it actually. Yeah. Um, you are a scientist. So yeah, absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, we, we should do more a, of a that. Blind spot there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I have to say it's also like Jen is another one of those persons who's very eloquent and very clear when she speaks and I I love mm -hmm. listening to her. I think that's another huge privilege of doing this show. We have awesome people on the show and just listening to them is is amazing. We we, we don't know before recording what they're going to say, right? <laughs> and just yeah. w w the only thing we can do is trying to ask the best questions and yeah provoke the most interesting thoughts and yeah. and some people are just awesome and jen is definitely one one of those people who just start talking as and, and very interesting ideas so yeah, yeah. yeah it's been great yeah maybe we just invite her back <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should yeah yeah uh, so, uh, shall we share a few like uh, funny stories from the past now <laughs> that we already in 
memory yeah, lane. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I, I would start from probably the the, the first uh, memorable thing moment I can recall is when mm-hmm. for the first time. Uh, somebody decided to call us exotic Euro voices. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a guy from Australia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that was oh, so Jesus. much fun. And yeah. uh, it was like for a for a long while, it was like a running gag, you know, the, the exotic Euro voice thing. And we were just debating who else to invite who also has an interesting accent and so on. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the first 10, 20 episodes, I think we mentioned it at least once per episode. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of died down after that a bit. But if you're new to the show, listen to the early ones and have maybe a laugh or a cringe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we had some fun there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that was Ben Hoskin from Flink Labs. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Ben. Thanks so much, Ben, if you're listening to this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're still using it. You, you created a meme, exactly. <laughs> we created a meme, yeah. <laughs> you're internet famous now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else? You were kicked out of a room once. Like <laughs> we had like a sort of a recording on the run, more or less. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much, yeah, sometimes probably in the recording people don't realize what happens behind the curtains but there was a time when i think we were interviewing uh oh yeah mike bostock yeah exactly and uh, from my side i was recording from while attending a conference so i was looking for an empty room somewhere and started recording (laughs) right (laughs) and then (laughs) as one does in the the meantime (laughs) what happens that the the conference was over and people started cleaning all the rooms. <laughs> and yeah. I started hearing this huge machine coming from behind <laughs> me, like, like this. <laughs> and they kicked me out and I had to run out of the building because I was also afraid that the building would just close and I was stuck inside. <laughs> and I had to run away. So basically, I think in that episode, you can hear my voice at only at the beginning and at the very end of the episode. And uh, yeah, it was so much fun. I, it was so much fun. I just had to run with my laptop on the on my hands and and run very fast. <laughs> so that that was hilarious. Yeah, we just had a recently a similar situation where <laughs> I think I finished off an episode without you because you sort of the internet dropped or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and when I came back, you just said, "Don't worry, we're done." And Florian, our sound our sound engineer, just edited in some buys <laughs> and thank yous from you at the end, and I think nobody really noticed. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything can happen. I mean, we, we record remotely. So, and, you know, anything can happen. Like we have four people or three or four in different rooms across the world connected by internet trying to record <laughs> live audio recording. So you can imagine anything happens. With Jeff here, we have a funny thing going on. So we had him <laughs> three or four times on the show. We have and a curse. Every, yeah. every single time we were not able to actually hear more than five seconds in one piece of him. <laughs> it's like he has this sort of really funky Wi-Fi setup or the router or whatever but it's always he's he starts saying like yes and the amazing thing is actually (laughs) nothing and you just then hear and this is how we did it (laughs) and then you're like oh man (laughs) okay jeff can you repeat that just for us so we know what you're talking about and he's like yeah sure no problem so the amazing thing is it's gone again like ah (laughs) 
and then at some point we just assumed what he might have said roughly like thematically and just asked the next question where we thought it could fit <laughs> yeah that, that's a good example of mind reading so yeah we, we did yeah, our there's best so many things people can say in this context <laughs> so it must be one of those yeah yeah and so for some of the jeff Hare episodes we only understood them once we listened to the final cut <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are all yeah. sorts of crazy situations, and uh, yeah, there is also all the during the post processing, people just do a lot of different kind of things, some weird things. We had people just forget to use a proper mic, or people who have been sharing their whole Dropbox with us, <laughs> or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So fortunately, by now we have some redundancy in the way we we produce the the episodes. So. <laughs> it's it's been more robust than in the past but all sorts of crazy things happen so if something can happen it, it does happen sooner or later <laughs> <laughs> usually yes <laughs> it usually does yeah this is also how we developed our process so we're we're not professional podcasters as <laughs> guests and so we just in the beginning started recording stuff and putting it on the internet then Yeah, over like yeah, dozens of episodes only figure out okay, this Maybe is what needs to happen way. in this order. <laughs> and yeah. So that's yeah. insane. Yeah. What else? So we had the we had a, a little feud between Andy and Robert going on for a while. I think it's sort of it has relaxed a bit the situation, but there were <laughs> tense times. So they sort of tried to be more on the show than the other one. It's always have the last word so there was a little interesting <laughs> blogger rivalry going on there but i think things are good now right or have they just um, uh, well given from up? time to time I, yeah. i see some tweets coming from <laughs> andy kirk or robert kozara just yeah, yeah <laughs> having fun with each other so it's a nice thing yeah it's yeah. been a while uh, when is the last time we had andy or robert I don't yeah it's been, it's been a, a while. while yeah yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah, maybe we, we need a back. new, a new, a new couple for another yeah. <laughs> with celebrity death match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, actually, it is nice if there's a little bit of fighting and uh, bickering going <laughs> on. I think also, for instance, the storytelling episode with uh, we had Robert and Alberto. I think it was a fun one, right? Yeah, yeah, because there was actually like a difference in opinion, and and we had sort of fun and sort of battling it out a bit, and actually that's that's good. I mean. <laughs> There's so many things where we all basically everybody's interested and everybody has the same opinion, but it's always nicer if you have something to actually fight about. <laughs> I think it often makes better conversations. Yeah. What was that during that episode? Somebody said um, the name of the show is Data Stories, but there's someone who doesn't <laughs> like stories at all. Something like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We recently had a tweet about that. It's like, oh, that's strange. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it's a bit complicated i have a complicated relationship with that name <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah anyways it's it's been fun and we've been looking back a bit now going through the archives we want to put together a really comprehensive 
data sets like of all the episodes with all yep. the metadata all the audio files all the images it's actually not so easy because wordpress is originally not made for podcasts and then you use a plugin and everything is spread across different tables with five different identifiers so we are sort of working on that but we could also use some help so if if, if somebody of you is in a mood for data cleaning or like helping us structure all this back archive information a bit that would be amazing because i just started doing a bit of network visualizations with all the related episodes yeah. we've also been tagging episodes and now we come up with new categories like just from looking back over the 100 um, episodes and i think for many people it could be great if they had let's say somebody's really interested in data journalism it would be nice to see just the data journalism episodes and being able to catch up on all of those and so we yeah we would like to improve access like to the archive a bit more yep. and maybe also you can do interesting things with just the data and give it some interesting shape and see if we can visualize the data stories archive in interesting ways. So, but first step is data cleaning. As we have learned probably from listening on the show, 80% <laughs> of data visualization is actually data cleaning. And so uh, we we can use any help there. So if if you'd like to help us there, that would be amazing. And please ping us on Slack in the ch Slack channel. Yeah. Uh, because we're doing it right now, basically. Or maybe we have done it when you're listening already, but feel free to ping us. <laughs> There's always more to do. Yeah, and I think once once we have some proper properly formatted data out there, all sorts of creative stuff can be done yeah. out of it. So I think the limit is the sky here. I think what would be really nice to do is to be able to download all the audio files and do something with it. Oh, <laughs> that would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. Trying to That's extract big data, metadata it's like, out you know, of them, a hundred times one yeah, hour, exactly. Like, so yeah, it's, it's big. Yeah, right. But if you guys are listening to this and have any idea on how to do this properly without spending too much, uh, yeah. yeah, let us know. That would be really cool. Yeah. So yeah, we went through the archives and we just thought a bit about what were actually the main themes we were covering. So one, a huge one is of course art and design. So we always try to have interesting practitioners on the show, people doing interesting stuff with data. And I think one of the really typical data uh, stories episodes is somebody who did an interesting project, uh, telling about how they did it, why they do it, stuff like this. So I always enjoy those. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of those in the archives. And I think we might just put a list of all these categories maybe in the blog post so you can Yeah. If you're interested in one of these themes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just check out all these episodes. Yeah. Art and design is definitely one of the biggest ones. And we have yeah. lots of awesome people. I think I'm I'm not even sure if I should name anyone in particular because they are all so so interesting. And uh yeah, some of them are really mind blowing. Um, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll just mention one. I think data sculpture, it's definitely one of the, those ones where I think Moritz, you've been proposing it and I, I didn't know much about it. And when mm -hmm. I actually started researching for the episode, then having them on the show, I was like, wow, oh my God, these guys are <laughs> awesome. <laughs> these all ideas yeah. of having data sculptures and the way they look and the process behind them, it was just unbelievable mm -hmm. unbelievable so you yeah. mean the one with domestic data streamers yeah number 58 yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah really good one yeah. yeah and they do amazing work yeah yeah really exactly good. 
Yeah. Dear Data was also really, um, well, it was a, a really influential episode. <laughs> yes, so we linked back to it very often. And the whole project has been so seminal um, that yeah, goes without saying it's, it's been a huge inspiration for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Second big chunk of episodes is about conferences. So we had one mm -hmm. from Malofye. We always do one from Viz uh, conference. We had uh, tapestry conference reviews, open Viz conference. We actually also produced, uh, with the help of Destria, our producer, an Information Plus summary conference, uh, summary episode, which was amazing, I think, where we actually took snippets from the different um, talks or a couple of talks and then commented on them. Really nice format. Again, lo logistically a huge challenge, but <laughs> some of the good stuff always seems to take work. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I like that, like doing conference coverage is a really nice niche. Yeah, it's been another one of those experiments that we have done during the last year or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think we want to do more of that if possible. Uh, of course, it's a lot more work than usual, but it's definitely an interesting format trying to, yeah, take snippets from conferences, from the talks and uh, propose them on our show. Yeah, um, and I think there is a lot we, of interest. We even did a TV episode once. Do you remember? We that? did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with Gregor. Like there was a video episode. Yeah, yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but I think that was was really good actually. So I, the main reason why we didn't f continue doing that it was it's a lot of work, and we it's felt a it was a work, break yeah. with our normal format. So like you have to sort of produce it totally differently. But in principle, somebody like having a screencast running and explaining a visualization like Gregor did, really great. So if you haven't seen that one, check it out. It's it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really pleased to see, uh, probably that's the first time I realized that um, we've been doing the Viz, the iTripoli Viz conference from the very beginning. We didn't skip yeah. one. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, that's a, that's a, a good service. I think one, one of the things that I, I really do care about since the beginning is trying to take information coming from academia and make it more available to practitioners. And I'm really yeah. happy to see, um, this happening on data stories. I, I hope that's been mm -hmm. useful to, to people to, yeah, get a better sense of, what academics do. And uh, I think we academics have a weird way of <laughs> talking about our work or not talking about our work, actually, <laughs> outside of academia. Right, so right. I think yeah. it's it's very important to see this happening. And I, yeah, I hope there will be even more opportunities to do that. Yeah. No, and I think a few of the past episodes have, have proven that, that there's huge interest in that also from practitioners. So yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Another big chunk is data journalism. Of so we, yeah. uh, we had great people there. We talked about Amanda Cox already, but we also had uh, a couple of times folks from ProPublica, which are amazing. We had Matt Daniels from Polygraph. We had Alberto Cairo a couple of times. I mean, Robert Kozara. Yeah, you know, really, yeah, really good people it. in that <laughs> track. Simon Rogers. Yeah, it's like, wow. <laughs> like, like, uh, really good stuff. And I think that's also because, to me, data journalism in the last five years, if we talk about the big arcs, has been mm. one of the most exciting like fields. And a lot of the, the real practical innovation came actually from journalists. Absolutely, yeah. I think if there is a reason why visualization became so popular... I would say data journalism is probably the the yeah reason number one. 
right? Sure. A yep. lot more people yep. have been exposed to visualization through journalism. It's been huge. Yep. And yep. Uh, if I remember correctly, kind of like almost started uh, a little, little earlier than when we started data stories. So it's almost like the two be, things went, went in parallel. Yeah. So having people from, yeah, from data journalism on the show has been just a natural progression, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious to see what, what is going to happen next, right? Maybe, I think, as you said before, journalism had a little bit of a blow with the, <laughs> with the last elections, right? And, uh, yeah, but I, I think, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, the, the election thing is mostly about predictions, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that does not touch any other form of data journalism. I think this conflation is pretty stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I think we have <laughs> also like, seen, we have also seen people from New York Times kind of like changing format and, uh, looking a little bit more inward and trying to change the way they do some things. So I think it's been, for a while, it's been mostly an upward trajectory. And now there is a little bit more of a reflection on what's next in data journalism. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's also very interesting. Which is good. Sure. Yeah. 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 But I wouldn't throw out the baby with oh, the Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we had a lot of folks from industry, like applied fields. Also a lot of people actually from research in industry. Or I think that's also a recurring theme for us, like really how to do innovative stuff in corporate context or how to bring academic stuff to applied situations. And I always enjoy those episodes. And also the ones where people just report a bit on how it's actually like to do data visualization, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um and so yeah we had a couple of really good episodes there i think as well um yeah and i think uh, industry i think that's another one of those areas where i feel like things are getting better and better and uh we are trying to cover more of what is happening in industry on the show like our last episode has been on uh, uh what is happening at capital one uh right. with kindries recently hired as head of data visualization, which is a really cool to see this happening, right? <laughs> so having right, a person, right. yeah. having a position called head of data visualization in an industry that is so big. So something is definitely happening out there. And we had a few conversations. We had a very interesting one with Elijah Meeks on uh, what is happening in industry. And I, I believe we're going to probably going to do more of that in the future. And of course, there is a lot of interest yeah. because people who are learning visualization or investing in visualization, they want to have a job eventually. So knowing what what your chances are in the future, which markets and industry are going to be available for you as a as a professional, I think it's a very important topic. Yeah, yeah. Another huge like topic has we mentioned a bit the year reviews already. Yeah. I mean, this is sort of a tradition as well. <laughs> just like the Viz reviews, these are fun, always nice, and always a good point to reflect. Yeah. Um, another huge topic is learning and teaching. I think yeah. so. That's something we keep coming back to. Like, how do you actually learn data visualization? How can you teach knowledge there? What What is the necessary skill sets? Um, and all these things. And I think that's yeah. It's a hugely important topic. Also, visual literacy. How much can we expect from our audiences? How do you design for different audiences? I think this is all 
Super interesting. Yeah, yeah. We could have just a whole podcast series just on exactly. that, I guess, because it's such yeah. a wide field. Yeah. That's that's what yeah. I was about to say. I think most of the feedback that we get from listeners, right? The way when they contact us via via email or Twitter or other channels is mostly about people who are want to enter the field and don't know how to do it, right? So imagine exactly. a person who's just doesn't know anything about this, is attracted by it, wants to start learning. It's still not very clear what the best path is. And mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's a big gap. And I think we as a as a as a podcast can cover some of it, but there's definitely a huge need. So if you're listening to yeah. this and you think you can do something in this direction, please do it because learning this is still a little bit of a challenge, right? So I, I hope That's that in true. future years we are seeing more initiatives in this in this direction. Maybe we should start a data stories uh, university. <laughs> yeah, we discussed uh, that a few data times. Diplomas. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we at some point think about that. Like yeah, if we've we been, should like, yeah. offer tutorials. And we stuff had like these that, ideas right? for a while, but we're just too yeah. scared by the amount mm. of work. Right? I yeah. mean, we we still have our day jobs. And uh, so, yeah, launching and a kids. new initiative uh, wouldn't be easy, right? <laughs> and by now we know that, I mean, <laughs> at the beginning, when you have a new idea, you're very excited. But when you actually have to do the, the actual work, it's so much harder. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. that's definitely a big gap. Well, it's a great topic. And I mean, you keep experimenting in teaching, of course. I do that, right? yeah. And yeah. so, and also on your blog, there's a few good articles from what you tried out over the last semester so if, if yeah. uh, you're interested listeners in in learning about teaching and <laughs> yeah that's 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 a big <laughs> the, thing for me right. i think yeah. what I, what i notice is that as a as a professor i can i can probably provide a lot of um, support and help so one one yeah. one of the ideas that i have for the future is how to how to make this teaching and learning material more available to yeah much more people. Yeah. And then we cover a lot of like techniques and tools. I think in the yeah. beginning also we had a lot of episodes on, okay, this is how you can visualize networks. This is how you use color or, you know, <laughs> or yeah. we had one on mobile uh, and touch devices with Dominikus Bauer, who I work with a lot uh, still to this point, nicely. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think that's super interesting too. But I think at some point we sort of covered the basic ground there. And yeah. now the last... I think 20, 30, 40 episodes, we became much more interested in more, let's say, big picture stuff. Like, what are these social issues? What are, like, what's the dark side of data? <laughs> and what's, <laughs> how can we actually achieve something with data? Like, more the actual impact and less the, let's say, the details of how, if bubbles or lines are more effective. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like this, right? Yeah, no, social issues and critique and impact has been definitely a big theme of the of the show and i'm glad to see that over the years we've been touching upon many many important topics and i think I, I, sometimes we call this the dark side of this <laughs> and i think it's yeah, important, but it's important but like, yeah, yeah it's very important yeah. because it's easy to fall into the in the trap of always say hey everything is great here right yeah. it's awesome i think it's important <laughs> to be yeah self to have some self reflection right Right, right. And uh, yeah, figure out that there are also some problems, right? Yeah. One of the recent ones that's been so much fun is the calling bullshit one. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> yeah. yeah. But it is important. And if you think about like communicating with data and, you know, data visualization, you have to think about like what this all, in which context this happens and how it can be interpreted and who you're actually reaching and what this all means. Or also if you do like random data projects, right? Yeah. Some of them might be actually quite harmful in the long run. And so I think it is important to yeah. to think about what's going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and I have to say, it's still quite hard to synthesize all this information into something, say, self-contained and homogeneous. I've been trying to mm. do this for a recent uh, course that I designed, and yeah. all this information is pretty scattered. Sure. So, yeah. And it's also difficult to talk about data as such, or to talk about machine learning as such, or, you know, it's yeah. like, it, it's, it's often, it's very much more complicated what's actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the big themes. Uh, again, we're trying to sort of a bit structure our archives and uh, we'll put what we have <laughs> like up in the show <laughs> notes and we'll maybe provide also some pointers of how you could help or contribute. Um, but now we want to take uh, another look behind the curtains. <laughs> so we prepared a little segment already. It's pre-recorded. So there's yeah. a little break now. And then we will bring Destry and Florian on um, who work behind the scenes on data stories and they will tell you what needs to happen to actually get an episode out and all the, the actual work that goes into this so enjoy So one thing we wanted to talk about as well is how our episodes actually get made. And I'm sure <laughs> it's something everybody has been wondering all the time. How is the sausage <laughs> being made? The German-Italian sausage? The and behind for, the scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And actually, it's quite a process to get such an episode out. <laughs> and uh, to tell you a bit more about how that works, uh, we have two very special guests. We have Destry and Florian, who help us with the production of the show. And they can tell you all the details. <laughs> all <laughs> so. Our wizards. Hey there. Exactly. Hello. Hey there. Good to have you on. So, can you tell us a bit about yourself, <laughs> Destry? So I live in New York and I produce podcasts and I also study data visualization, although I think my heart is really in audio. Um, what else? That's it. And, and what do you do on the show? What do you do with uh, for data stories? So mostly I help with the pre-production, right? So booking the guests, getting everything set up ahead of time, taking notes during the interviews, and then helping Florian to get the episode edited. And then promoting it, publishing it, and promoting it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florian, how about you? Yes, I'm living in Berlin, and I know Moritz uh, for a long time because we Very are from the same time. area in South uh, Germany. Hmm. And I studied uh, media arts in Weimar on at the Bauhaus Universität, Bauhaus University, and there they have. Uh, a chair which is called experimental radio and um yes uh, it was there where i discovered my love for audio and it never faded since uh yes and now i'm uh, mostly um oh, how do you say this in english uh, uh director for dubbing for computer games so i direct the voice actors for german 
the German versions of computer games. So the last few weeks you have been surrounded by orcs and giants and so on, right? <laughs> uh, mostly orcs, yes. Uh, it uh, was the past half year, actually. Um, and uh, I missed them all. I, I miss them already, to be honest. I miss them already. <laughs> and uh, yes, for data stories, uh, I'm editing all the files you sent me and make sure that no no bad sounds uh, are aired. And yes, I'm doing the chapter marks and uh, the ads and all the segments, the catchphrase, and um, stitch it all together so that uh, the <laughs> listeners have a <laughs> final episode in the end. No, no. That's yeah. true. So what we wanted to do is like go through from beginning to end all the little steps that need to happen. And it's quite many, actually, that uh, we realize uh, <laughs> until an episode goes out. So Destry, how, how does it usually start? Like... So it starts with a brainstorm, right, about who to invite on the show. Mm. And that comes from internal conversations, but also comes from guests or listener suggestions of guests, right? So on the Slack channel, on Twitter, mostly those are the ways that people suggest. Yeah. And I think we try to think about having a mix of geographic diversity and gender diversity, although that can be hard in tech sometimes. Hmm. Um, and then reach out to people and invite them. And sometimes they've heard of the show and sometimes they haven't. So sometimes we have to give them a little context about what the show is about and try to persuade them to come. We don't pay anyone to come on the show. So <laughs> we have true. to persuade yeah. them that yeah. somehow it'll be good for them or at least yeah. a good time, a good conversation. And most times people say yes. Our response That's rate true. is really good. That's true. Uh, it's very infrequent actually that someone just doesn't respond or says no and then it just becomes a process of prepping them for the interview um we share notes with them ahead of time and have it it's very collaborative so whatever they want to talk about we're also open to hearing and then we record over skype or <laughs> sometimes google hangouts which is probably the most fraught part of the production process we were saying before that We want this to be a call for someone to please develop better web-based calling software. Yeah, please, please. Such a huge <laughs> problem. Yeah. So <laughs> to the listeners, probably you don't know, but there's no real software out there that allows you to record multiple people over the internet in individual tracks that are synchronized. It sounds like a very basic thing for like a podcast. Yeah. And this is what you need to do proper audio treatment. That's, right? that's the biggest thing. <laughs> that would be really great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it there's no good software for that. It's it's amazing. And so at least what, not any that you don't have to pay. That's long, of yeah, for. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. But uh and even then it's not that easy. So um and so what we end up doing is we have a Skype call or we try to have a Skype call. <laughs> so, more or less. <laughs> which is already a challenge. As, Some of you might know. Um, and then everybody records locally. So everybody on their computer records their audio. And then we yeah. hope all goes well. Usually it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think one, one thing that people don't know is the is the famous clap that we have to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every time. We should, can you explain the clap? Yeah. yeah. So basically, since everyone... So we are 
talking via Skype, but everyone is recording individually, locally. So in order to make sure that the audio tracks are synchronized and that Florian is not pulling too much his <laughs> hair in his head, <laughs> we have to create a synchronization point. So what we do is that the guest typically has to count uh, three, two, one and clap. And we record this clap from our headphones, putting our headphones next to our mics. So it turns out since every time we have to do that, we have a large collection of claps. So if you have any <laughs> ideas on <laughs> what we if can do If you're an electro DJ and want to have a really cool clap for your next track. We yeah, have we, yeah, we should make it open source, <laughs> an open source <laughs> library of claps. And of course, we have all sorts of weird stuff recorded before we start recording the actual the actual show. That that would be fun as well. Yeah, it would be a shame if somebody would publish all these private conversations. <laughs> yeah. Who would do that? Yeah, I mean, unless they were threatened, maybe. Well, we're not planning to become politicians anytime soon, so we are on the safe side, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's worth mentioning, too, that I don't know if most people know this, but a lot of conversations that happen in podcasts happen remotely. So yeah, uh, a lot of the famous podcast and radio interviewers that you think of, maybe Terry Gross and Fresh Air, most of those conversations happen not in person. So we also rely on the generosity of our guests to provide their own microphones yeah, and headphones. True. So we ask them to do that and... They are very generous in doing that, too. And that's what assures better sound quality, too. So what happens next, Destry? Take a lot of notes during the conversation. That's so try to useful. Identify, yeah. yeah, I try to identify where we can um, post links or share certain images because we're <laughs> a podcast, <laughs> an audio format about a, a visual medium. <laughs> um so if this is I where the know, problem starts, yeah. Yeah, if, I think if our listeners are not referring to the blog post or the website while they listen, hmm. I think I would really encourage them to do so because it'll make for a much richer listening experience. So then we sync all the audio once we've gotten the audio and we send it off to Florian and then he starts working his magic. Florian, so how does your magic works? <laughs> our wizard. It's not so much magic. I think people have no idea what kind of files you receive and how much work you have to do. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is, every time it's different, so you you can't... <laughs> we have very different ways of, of screwing oh, up, right? <laughs> very creative on screwing up. Yes, you can't establish uh, a process uh, <laughs> on which you can rely all the time because it's every time different, but... Uh, mm. That makes it also very interesting. I, I honestly, I've learned a lot in audio editing over the past uh, two years. Um, and yeah, typically I check the Dropbox and download all the files there and import it in my um, in my program. And I'm I'm using Samplitude for editing. Yes, and then first thing I do, I export every stereo file to a, a, a mono file because uh, audio typically uh, only needs uh, mono uh, panning and no stereo 
especially for uh, the podcast format, because you don't want to wobble the voice from left to right. Um, that's only irritating. And yeah, then I search for the famous and already mentioned clap. <laughs> Where is the clap? Where is the clap? That's <laughs> it's really interesting because uh, it's I had everything from the perfect clap uh, and uh, on every track uh, it was more or less the same volume from okay was this the clap or was it another sound um, I speculating now <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, and. Then I'm I'm set, and then I just go through the whole episode and cut things out, like the s and the sounds or the p sounds, <laughs> explosive sounds. And mm. when that it's when uh, and while I'm I'm editing, I'm also setting the chapter marks already because I learned it's way more faster to do it on the fly than afterwards because you have to go through the whole file again and again um, yeah in the end I, I cut out the catchphrase and then comes the second part which is the mastering and EQing so I adjust the volumes of all audio files that they are equally and it can be very irritating if you have multiple people and one is always like louder than the others right it's yeah so that's uh, that's uh, the aim is that in the end everybody has the same volume so mm. um, there is uh, I typically use a compressor first so it uh, compresses uh everything on a, on a certain band of, of volumes uh, because you need you need some room for like heavy laughter which occurs quite often in the show <laughs> <laughs> and and also typically uh, the, the person every person starts very loud in the beginning of the sentence and in the end it gets very soft. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, then a little bit of EQing, denoising, and uh, yeah, then I uh, upload it to our WordPress site, and uh, there's a cool online tool called Euphonic, which also does some limiting and uh, compressing, and the rest is automatic. <laughs> More or less, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Euphonic is really cool. That's also a good tip if you want to do like a, a simple way to just clean up a sound recording, like a, a voice recording. It's it does a lot of things out of the box. It's not as good as having a Florian, but it's it's a start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think what what Florian described is is when things go particularly well. Yeah, that's like never happens. I guess <laughs> that's the best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> right. what, what, what are some of the things you have encountered florian what are some of the some of the sticks we throw <laughs> your what way? kind of monsters did we throw at you oh <laughs> um countless <laughs> <laughs> beginning from air conditioning um <laughs> in the room and not so good microphones from mm. guests or multiple audio files are great too right if it's like if the recording <laughs> stops and restarts again at random points it's yes, amazing but, uh, yes. but, uh, <laughs> then Destry's notes uh, are, are helping quite a lot uh, or typically if the guest only has some cheap earplugs 
and mm-hmm. uh, has the volume of the Skype call so high so that the earplugs, the, no, the, <laughs> the sound of the earplugs is also recorded on, oh, on his yeah. microphone. So. Mm-hmm. so you have all the recordings bleeding into each other, basically, yes, and yes, creating yes. this it, sort of incomprehensible like noise and you you cannot it's hard to fix right yeah it's it's hard to fix or basically you can't cannot fix it and what happens then is you can't just push around the 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 audio files if you say okay this pause is too long i want to shorten it a little bit Mm -hmm. because you always hear the other ones talking out of the microphones (laughs) this is typically the the worst case scenario (laughs) Which somehow happens every two weeks. Yeah, but sometimes you do some kind of like cut cut and pasting that <laughs> <laughs> that looks just unbelievable to me. When I hear it back and I hear what you did, it's like, how did you do that? It's like <laughs> you take pieces from that we recorded later on and put them at the beginning and it sounds like as as if we actually recorded it this way. That's some of the most amazing stuff that that <laughs> I've seen happening on the audio side. Uh, one funny thing at at one point the episode uh, at one episode Enrico was thrown out of the <laughs> Skype call or, or your your recording stopped somehow yeah, I don't know yeah, yeah. and there was he no just Enrico. disappeared yeah there was no Enrico at the end <laughs> and um, yeah I thought it would be really nice and polite for Enrico to say goodbye at least. And uh, <laughs> so I I took a goodbye from an earlier episode and posted it <laughs> at the end. Nice. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Cool. And so, uh, Florian, uh, since the edited files, Destry, what happens then? Then we prepare the post, prepare the episode, and mm. Enrico typically writes it, and Moritz does the images, and then I edit everything and make sure everything's there most of the time, and then publish it out to the world. And then we promote it on Twitter and in Slack on Facebook, and try to do a little make, movie animations, keynote yeah, thread. Make, That's make, a yeah, nice hack. Yeah, yeah, make little visuals because Twitter still isn't a very audio friendly form and neither Mm. is Facebook. So both of those social media platforms are much friendlier to video. So it's easier to use those and try to just generate attention and let our guests know, of course, um, that's the process. Watch the conversation around it. Yeah. Lots of little steps and and it really took a while until we found like a a good process. We were still tweaking it. Right. So it's uh, still, (laughs) yeah. But it's a long checklist. And we use a Trello board, which has proven really like useful. Really helpful, so yeah. there's a long list of potential guests and a shorter list of, yeah, a short list of guests. Yeah. And then <laughs> we have an interesting like, workflow. There. Every recording yeah. moves from like left to right on the board, basically from planned to scheduled, recorded, uh, edited and so on. So that works quite yeah. well. Yeah. Considering yeah. we're four people in three countries, is that right? Yeah, across <laughs> times good. and yeah. mm-hmm. cross time true. zones, and often interviewing people in completely different time zones. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Around the world. <laughs> That's true. Did yeah. we ever have a total disaster? Did we ever like? I think we always managed to somehow produce something. I think usable, we had a couple right? of times where we had to re-record. I can think of one. Yeah, parts. Yeah. <laughs> Did we have like a total? <laughs> Total failure. Yeah, failure. I don't want to say who. I don't want to say no, who it was. We don't talk about that. But. 
We did oh re- yes, we there did was a whole once. second recording mm-hmm. of a full episode. Yeah, <laughs> not talking up. No, not gonna say who. I think, but I the think second I one was say, amazing and really successful. Yeah. I'd say that. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. so was it was really worth it. Yeah. yeah. The first recording I think was after a conference and everyone was a little exhausted and brain dead. And yeah. when we listened back to the recording, it, it sounded like nonsense. So, so we have some the second quality recording control is here. <laughs> it hasn't yeah. stopped us in the past. Why suddenly <laughs> <laughs> care about nonsense? <laughs> So in, in case this is not clear from the description, without these two guys, the, the show couldn't couldn't exist, basically. So it's yeah. a it's a huge amount of work. And uh yeah, I want to take this opportunity to thank you. I think it's it's awesome. Yeah, Literally yeah. Thanks, data stories couldn't exist without you at this point. It's 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 a really complex process. And uh yeah, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for making this amazing podcast happening and possible. So, <laughs> did you did you learn interesting things about data visualization? So the interesting thing is Florian is really like an audio and media guy. So for you, the whole data viz <laughs> thing is like totally a different world, right? Yes. But what yes were the, no. the what were the main things you you like found interesting or that you stumbled over maybe or that you found curious? So I started to work with you uh, on episode 52. It was mm. March 2015. Long time so, ago. Long time yeah. ago. And just before the recording, I, I uh, skipped through the episode list. And um, there was this episode 58 uh, with data installations with domestic data streamers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a good one like a melting pot between visualization and art. And um, I like art and also like uh, modern art, uh, meaning meaning computer art or programmed art. So this was really a nice episode to listen to. And I catched myself while editing, uh, more listening than editing. And after five <laughs> minutes, oh, uh, I should go back and edit the last five minutes uh, and not just listen to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and another episode I found quite interesting was, of course, the Hans Rosling tribute mm-hmm. because I think he's he's a guy who who made this uh, the work of visualization accessible for non-professionals in the field. Yeah. And um, I mean, there are a bunch of others I I can man- I could mention, but I think these two stand out like the most of it. Interesting. Destry, how about you? <sighs> the Hans Rosling episode, for sure. And I think I loved the year in review around the world that we did. <laughs> that was nice. That yeah. was something. Oh my God, yeah, so much data work. around the world. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of work. But I think it was a great opportunity to show that this is an industry that is global and is yeah. not just Euro or North American centric. Yeah. So yeah. I liked I liked that. And because it's so much rooted in the web, there is an opportunity for people to contribute to it all around the world. So that felt like an exciting opportunity to showcase that. And... Um, I think when we had the data ethics and privacy episode also mm-hmm. has stayed with me a lot. Um, maybe just because it's especially terrifying. All the questions that got ra- raised uh, by Eleanor Seda. Yeah. What about you guys? 
<laughs> yeah, good question. I mean, but I, I agree. It's sort of we. It's something I observed is that in the beginning we were mostly about like techniques and it's cool to do data visualization and how how yeah. do we do it best yeah and now yeah, it has much more, much more to yeah. yeah exactly like oh there might be problems and uh, how you know how will all this play out and what does it mean in the big picture and so I, I totally enjoy that but I, it's something I realized afterwards like oh wow <laughs> a few years ago we were much more like maybe naive but also maybe more I don't know optimistic about everything. <laughs> Yeah. But I still think it's super fascinating. So for us, it's mostly a way to just talk to people we want to talk to, right, Enrico? <laughs> it's, a, it's like a very complicated way to have like, a conversation with somebody. But um, it's, yeah, but it's at nice. the same time, yeah. there, there is a little bit of balancing there, right? Trying to cover. I mean, we, we really try not not to have a variety, right? Of kind of like different trying to cover different topics different styles different kind of people so try to make it lively in this sense yeah but i think that's also still our biggest struggle is to really make it like varied and not fall into the same like yeah, sort of repetitive pattern, loops yeah. of yeah we invite the people we know and we talk about the things we know yeah, how to talk about exactly. and so it's something we constantly try to like you know expand that's, our horizon yeah, but yeah. it's also constant struggle in a way right that's, so. that's one of the biggest challenge because you're always pulled by the latest things right you see something mm -hmm. cool or a new person rising and you want to have this person on the show as soon as possible before somebody else does it <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> There's a little bit of struggle there, but at the same time, there are lots of interesting uh, other topics and, and people that should be covered. And uh, that's why I, I agree with Destry. I think the, the end of year episode, trying to go around the world, has been one of my main highlights from, from last year. It's like, I'm, I'm really happy that we did that. And it was very, very revealing for myself going through the process of figuring out. So who is actually out there in other countries, right? We, we spend literally weeks just trying to figure out. So who, who, who is there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then it turns out that there are amazing people around the world, of course. Right. <laughs> so trying to keep our view wide enough and not focus only on what is shiny. I think it's something that can always be improved. And uh, yeah, it's really important. Yeah, maybe that's something uh, for this year or next year to, to concentrate more uh, on other continents or yeah. yeah, every now and then to have someone from Asia or South America or Africa in the show. Would be nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. So if you have good suggestions, we're always open for uh, good know. suggestions. Yeah, we, we don't know what we don't know. So <laughs> let us know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks so much. This is, uh, I mean, we know how it works behind the scenes, but I hope our listeners <laughs> found it interesting too. And uh, if you have any questions on the production, let us know. Maybe you want to start a podcast as well and need some basic tips or basic uh, traps to avoid it's yeah it's a lot of detailed knowledge you have to just acquire by <laughs> making all the mistakes and we have done a few <laughs> so <laughs> let us know if you have any questions and yeah yeah thanks destry thanks florian it's great to work with you and 
uh, let's hope we can do another uh, 100 together. I wouldn't mind. So. <laughs> Me neither. Thanks to you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Destry. Uh, I think I think the the team is super cool and uh, the the communication is always so warm and welcoming and um, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's fun and uh, I'm learning a lot. So and I get paid a little bit for it so what else <laughs> you want to learning have? a lot getting paid a little bit <laughs> yeah. that's what we should put on the team page of the website yep. the team is super cool and i get paid a little bit for it <laughs> yeah that's how it works <laughs> yeah by the way i think that's that's a that's a, a good opportunity to mention the fact that when we ask you listeners to help us and um, donate um, some little sum using Patreon, it's because, uh, yeah, we want these two amazing guys to keep working for us and just get little paid a, a little bit because they do amazing, amazing work for us. So I guess now you have a little bit more details of on what happens behind the scenes. It's a lot of work. True, true. So thank you. And hope to have you back at some point. Yep. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. I think I, uh, I'll be hearing you. <laughs> <laughs> Way more than you intend. <laughs>
to me the like the real interest in data visualization came more actually from this design artistic approach right and then also over the last five years i think i learned much more about everything that needs to go around such a nice data piece right to, to actually make it a successful tool or to actually make it a successful communication piece like all the user interface design all the user experience aspects the web design aspects the social components the sharing the text the the wording the communication so i think that's one of the big things i learned only over the last few years like what needs to go around the chart <laughs> to make it successful <laughs> and i did a presentation with dominicus i think two or three years ago or like a tutorial at viz that was called everything except the chart and i think it summarizes a couple of things that we learned in that area at least what you need to think of and this has been one of the big like learnings to me and of course also in some form some let's say lightweight storytelling narration communication aspects I'm not gonna deny that so I, I think i have become more interested in also telling stories that's i'll, I'll put it out there <laughs> <laughs> on the record yeah but not always not always yeah. i don't think everything needs to be a story yeah and i mean we discussed it a bit already i've i've become much more skeptical of data as such <laughs> so <laughs> like just by working with lots of different different data sets and seeing how bad they are and I have to like say how, it's the same for me yeah yeah and like how how many of them just fail to capture what they were intended to capture like the huge biases in data sets and then you get scared because many people are not aware of these biases and the problems and just interpret the end results right and so I, I've grown much more skeptical <laughs> of my whole <laughs> you know profession in many ways yeah. which I think is good but and I think it also shows we need good, smart, educated, uh, critical professionals working on data issues, right? It's like yeah. we can't leave that to just like uh, data enthusiasts, <laughs> let's say, <laughs> who will do anything that sounds uh, like technologically interesting. Uh, yeah. And I mean, yeah, lots of lots of these things. And I mean, for me, everything has changed. I, I keep changing directions in my own work. So uh, I did a lot of communications projects and I did a lot of like more like cultural analytics projects and art-like projects and like Selfie City and Broadway with um, my collaborators, uh, Lev Manovich and others. And now I'm sort of circling back a bit more. So in the beginning, I did a lot of code myself and did various self-contained works. And I'm sort of... Uh, I, I get back to enjoying that quite a bit <laughs> and yeah so maybe i'm going back to my roots yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so right now i have really interesting projects so there's one where we visualize the election uh and so in germany we have big elections coming up and we visualize the search interest for the candidates uh, together with google so we can track which keywords are being associated with which people super interesting um, I built a really applied tool for the German railway company, like internally, so they can plan the heavy load days a bit better. So super applied. So I'm trying to prove that there is a need for bespoke uh, and a good use for bespoke uh, data visualization in the enterprise. Um, and I also like have a more playful and more communications heavy project, like basically visualizing uh, the ecosystem 
that is a company, you know, like all the people, all the relations, all the different fluid dynamics that go on uh, for a German startup. So, and yeah, it's a nice mix of projects and sort of much more, again, in my original um, ballpark, let's say. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's a lot of has happened. How about you, Enrico? What, what's your take on the well, on the big arcs? Yeah. I, I think reflecting on what happened during the last five years, I think the, the, the thing that stands out for me is that for for one <laughs> what is really interesting personally is that I basically we, we basically started data stories a little little earlier than I moved to the US and became oh, yeah. a professor. Right? That's true. So when yeah. I think of data stories, for me, it perfectly aligns with this big transition for me, right? And uh, right. I think one one of the main characteristics of becoming a professor is that all in a sudden you have to figure out what you really want to do, right? <laughs> Before becoming a professor, you always have someone who is in one way or another guiding you right but when you <laughs> become a professor you have to figure out what you want to do and definitely i can say that data stories has been a huge influence in the way i i i decided to steer my work and my my research so i can clearly mm. remember that um, as a researcher in visualization i used to be much much more focused on on data analysis and I was not aware mm -hmm. of the fact that visualization was becoming so popular in terms of being used as a presentation or communication tool, right? So one of the first thing that happened was that I thought about how can I do research that actually is more on the communication side of this, right? Today right, it right. sounds weird, but if you look at the body of research developed until, say, the early 2000s, right? Um, it's been mostly about um, um, having this uh, assumption that visualization is mostly a tool for for data analysis. I mm. think that's that, that's been and yeah. yeah, sitting alone at a desktop computer, yeah, right, <laughs> like thinking hard, concentrating exactly. on a heat map, yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, the, yeah. the 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 influence on my work has been huge, and that's the reason why. Um, so looking back. Uh, when when I became a professor here at NYU, I started doing research more on some some experimental research on uh, more on the communication side of this. So, for instance, I've been working on um, visualization and, persu and persuasion, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or right, visualization right. and um, deception. Can we deceive people with with charts? And right, uh, right. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun running experiments on trying to figure out what happens when you expose people to this kind of information, right? Actually, very challenging. Uh, I have to confess that many times I felt totally inadequate, <laughs> inadequate, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been learning myself a lot of these things. And um, another thing that I kind of like mentioned earlier, for me, it's been very important to see, um, I think, data stories as a vehicle to communicate um, things happening in academia to practitioners and the other way around. Mm -hmm. So it's been always surprising and 
delightful for me to see. So say when I when I go to the iTripolivis conference, that is mostly an academic conference, knowing that people are listening to it, right? Having students stopping me on the corridor and say, hey, I listened to data stories. It's awesome. Thanks for doing it, right? It's not just the pleasure of getting some compliments. <laughs> it's more like knowing that there are people in academia who are actually listening to the amazing things that people, that practitioners are doing and the other way around. I think that's always been one of the main uh, motives behind doing the show for me. And uh, right, right. Yeah. yeah, and I think now it's much more established than before. Now you can, uh, I, I remember, so we had a few academics on the show and uh, I know from their stories that they've been extremely happy to be invited as guests, right? <laughs> I remember, uh, I don't know, some people saying, hey, my students are so excited that you've been talking about our our project <laughs> on the show. So they see it as a way to kind of like sponsor, advertise their, their work. So that's, that's something really, <laughs> really important. And I have to say that academics have become so much better at communicating their work. Every year I see more and more people publishing, creating web pages, describing yeah. their work, GitHub like videos, GitHub and, repositories. Yeah. That's one of the major trends I've seen in academia. And uh, yeah, kudos to all of you. That's That's been great, right? Yeah. And uh, what else? Uh, I think an, another big thing is teaching. I I used to think of teaching mostly as, well, that's another one of those things that I need to do as a professor, right? Mm -hmm. And then listening to what is happening on the show and our guests and uh, how much people are kind of like have a thirst for for uh, knowledge and learning and teaching learning material. Um, kind of like been reconsidering how important teaching is in, in, in this field, in this space. I think, as I said before, um, teaching is huge and uh, it's definitely one of those things that I want to spend much more time thinking mm -hmm. about. And it's mostly, um, um, it, this idea mostly comes from, from receiving so much feedback from our listeners saying, hey, how can I do that? How can I start? I really love mm -hmm. this field. Please tell me, where, where do I start? Which tools should I use? Which books are the best, right? Are there any courses out there? Should I go to a design school or an engineering school? We should actually <laughs> create an FAQ somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Some yeah. of these questions are, are kind of like classics by now. Mm, that's true, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's mostly it. I uh, have to say yeah. uh, another couple of things. As I said, I'm really, really happy to see industry kind of like becoming more of a thing in visualization. Um, I think there's always been some industry, but uh, it's kind of like getting better, right? There are more companies and there are more um, uh, positions within companies for people who want to do visualization. And I think sure, yeah, this has definitely. been a source of reflection for me as a, as a researcher thinking, how can I actually do research that serves people, right? So listening to our episodes and figuring out that there are people who are doing visualization in many different ways. One of the questions that I've been developing over the years is, how how does my work connect to what they are doing? And, and this mm -hmm. is still an on, ongoing struggle for me, right? I definitely 
I, 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 I am one of those people who believe that what we do as researchers should actually serve practitioners and students. And I'm still struggling myself how to do that properly. So, mm, mm, yeah, I agree that, that there's much more positions and like teams being formed and the, like people find their roles by now. One thing I'm still sort of looking for, and it's something I was actually debating already like 10, 15 years ago with Boris Müller, my professor in Potsdam <laughs> when I was like studying, is there's really not enough adoption of data visualization like techniques yeah. in products, yeah. you know, yeah. like they're, And at the time we were looking at like visual designs for operating systems, you know, for computers. So we, we thought like, yeah, that's the next big thing, obviously, <laughs> you know, everything will be like Venn diagrams and force layouts, you know, uh, yeah. on the file system and, you know, stuff like this. But, and I think this is still, still not happening. I'm sort of, <laughs> I agree. I'm still waiting yeah. here. Like, you know, like, There has been a little bit of a push with all the quantified self and the sports apps and stuff like this. Like yeah. a lot of the people serious about like training and sports are also mm -hmm. serious mm -hmm. about data. Mm -hmm. But I think there could be much more. Um, also, data visualization inspires user interface design, let's mm -hmm. say, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And you forgot to mention podcasting has become a big thing. It <laughs> <laughs> was also That's like a crazy thing. That's you something know. that has changed considerably, yeah. right? I used to have what two podcasts in my list. <laughs> One was data <laughs> stories, and that's yeah. kind of like I'm con always adding life, new maybe. ones yeah. and removing yeah. some old ones. It's yeah. it's huge. Podcasting is huge. Yeah. And yeah. And it was also fun to sort of follow that and be a part of that, like the podcast hype. <laughs> It's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah we've been uh, just lucky to start at the right time. And I also want to mention that, yeah, that's something that has changed considerably. There are quite a few data-related podcasts out there. So kind of like for a few years, we've been like solitary journey. <laughs> right, right. And now uh, there are quite a few ones, right? And yeah. some of them are related to visualization. Some are more on machine learning. Some are more on data in general, data analytics. But it's great to see this kind of like ecology of data-related podcasts happening. That's definitely a good thing. I want to see Shall more. Shall we give a few, <laughs> a few shout outs to Absolutely, good podcasts? Absolutely, yeah. What do you listen to? Well, we have Policy Viz. It's, it's clearly the, the closest thing of to course. what we do. Yeah. So yeah. John has done a great, great, great job. I'm really, I'm really happy to see that there is at least another one uh, yeah. great data visualization podcast. And, and he has uh, great it's been guests. A, little like bit of a, a lot of the guests we have on our list have been on his show already. <laughs> yeah. And vice versa, so. yeah. 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 Right. The, the, the more of the pos this podcast um, there are out there, the harder it is for us to catch one person, <laughs> one <Yeah. laughs> a guest. Before John. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's great. I think it's great to see this yeah. happening. Yeah. And um, I also enjoy the 538 podcast. Yeah. It's a really good yeah. one. Absolutely. So, uh, They've done a lot on the election coverage and keep going really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also more data, um, data science oriented ones. Yeah, like, yeah. what do you listen to? Like partially de derivative. I I really like data skeptic. Data skeptic that, is really good. That's definitely my yeah. my favorite one. The, yeah. the the other ones tend to be a little bit 
too technical for my taste. Mm -hmm. I tend to listen to podcasts when I'm, I'm when I want to relax or just don't think too much. Yeah. <laughs> I found some of the machine le core machine learning ones tend to be a little too technical for my taste, but it's mm -hmm. just me. And uh, but Data Skeptic has a has a very nice blend of. I don't know. I think that it's a very nice blend of uh, telling some stories, but also giving a little bit of technical information, but never too hard that you cannot follow. And um, uh, they also have this very nice format where they have mini episodes where they explain uh, one specific concept in a few minutes uh, with, without any jargon or anything. And so it's very well designed. It's definitely one of my, my favorites. Sounds good. Listeners, if you have good suggestions for others, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Or if you want to start your own podcast, do it. Yeah. So the, the best way to start Thank a you. podcast, just yes. do it. <laughs> <laughs> proven, proven method. <laughs> Step one, start doing do it. it. Don't overthink yeah. it. Just do it. <laughs> it's never been so easy, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grab a mic and start talking. Cool. I think we, uh, we we need to stop talking at some point. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the classic chatty Moritz and Enrico episodes. Yeah, we, it's, we it's, haven't it's had good. a good one for, yeah. for, for some yeah. time. Yeah, we never get to talk to each other, just with other people. Yeah. So what can you do? Yeah. So maybe we can briefly talk about the future, what we intend to do. Yeah, right. make bold predictions. Predictions. <laughs> I was wondering, what what do you think? Where is data visualization in the Gardner hype cycle? Right? Do you know the Gardner hype yeah, cycle? Yeah, so there's yeah. there's a theory, there's like a new technology or a new idea, technique. Then it gets hyped to the peak of inflated expectations, <laughs> like that's. Yeah. So it quickly reaches maximum like interest, and everybody thinks it's like gonna be awesome. And then it goes through this trough of disillusionment, <laughs> basically when people realize it's not that awesome. Yeah, I and think we're then slowly close has to, to crawl yeah. back up. Yeah, slowly on the slope of enlightenment. And then at some point it just gets adopted yeah. in reality, right? Yeah. And it's sort of not on the same level as everybody thought, but um, yeah, yeah, things find their role. Like, where do you think? Where are we there? Uh, I think we're getting closer. Not the podcast, the data visualization as a whole. <laughs> yeah, I think we're getting closer <laughs> to the disillusionment. Uh, we, we had so a few. You, oh, you think we're still downwards? Yeah, I think yeah? we're still. Oh. We're getting. We're getting downwards. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. 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 I Some saw critique. us on the slope of enlightenment already. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. That's too bad, man. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. But the future yeah. can only be brighter. <laughs> but we both think we're beyond the peak of inflated expectations. I think so. Yeah. I think that's safe to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's safe to say. <laughs> that's where, what we agree upon. Yeah. So any other things for the future? Like... Podcast-wise or data-wise? From, from the podcast side of things, uh, we, we, we will certainly keep doing what we have done in the past. As you might have seen, if you if you followed the podcast for a while, we've been experimenting quite a bit. And uh, so I think we, we enjoy that. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But we definitely want to, we don't want to keep the show static from time to time we have some classic formats but we also want to try some we are we want to experiment with new ones so if you have any ideas if you want to suggest something let us know <laughs> right yeah but for sure we will keep experimenting yeah 
Also, if you have interesting guests, we always we always take suggestions, and especially if these are sort of non-standard demographics or from interesting parts of the world, you know, or yeah, like interesting people. So, if you have any anyone doing interesting stuff, let us know. We're always happy for suggestions. We cannot like like actually bring everybody on the show <laughs> that you suggest so we do get a lot of them <laughs> but we really love to hear them yeah yeah and also in general like if you want to reflect a bit like what has your journey in data visualization looked like up to now or has this podcast maybe taught you something interesting what were, what stood out to you we would love to hear a bit about your personal uh, data stories <laughs> so please let us know via email or in the slack channel or on twitter um always good to hear from you yeah so i think it's time to wrap it up before we do that uh we also need to talk about our patreon initiative yeah, so, we should. yeah. <laughs> we've been talking about it sporadically um during our um few last shows um But basically what is happening is that, so I think it's worth repeating what we are trying to do here sure. and how it works. But the basic idea is this. So uh, Data Stories has been supported throughout the years by several sponsors. That's been great. Yeah. And uh, I think that's another opportunity for us to to thank our sponsors. Without yeah, them, I w <laughs> we should many. especially thank Click, who have yeah. been supporting us all these years, yeah. like really amazingly. I think it's yeah, great stuff. But yeah, yeah. many other sponsors as well. Yeah. Um, but Click has been especially supportive. Yeah. So as you may know by listening to to this episode, there is a lot going on behind the curtains. So we have two people working. Uh, with for us and uh, so in order to produce a, a good good quality high quality episode you you need some people to work on it right it's just not possible to do it without yeah. without people. many hours of yeah, work it's yeah. many hours of work and this translates into needing some money to do it so so far we've been doing it through our sponsors and we decided that we want to experiment with a new format. The format is having a crowdfunding um, sponsorship format where the uh, show is sponsored directly by our listeners rather than, uh, say, an industry sponsor or, or, or something similar to that. So right. it's important to clarify that We don't want to do that because we have anything against <laughs> industry or, or any of the sponsors that we had in the past. I think it would be much, much nicer to have a show that is sponsored directly by our listeners. And also partially because we can basically reduce the amount that is spent on uh, dealing with uh, sponsorship. And this time can be used to produce our, our show. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Moritz, maybe you want to describe how Patreon works more in details. Sure. So in a way, it's it's like a mixture of a subscription and a donation or something like this. In principle, you become a patron uh, for the show, and that means um, you chip in, and for every episode that we produce, there will be a certain fee that you give us, like two dollars, three dollars, five dollars. And that keeps the show running. And uh, this all works automatically. You just basically log in on the site. You become a patron for us. And then um, 
yeah, Patreon manages all this this process that we get the money from you and and so on. And it's quite quite simple and painless. It's kind of nice. There's a little like community side around it. We will post a few things just on Patreon, like special announcements, special questions. So it, yeah, it's a way for you also to become part of the Data Stories Club, more or less, uh, which is kind of nice. <laughs> and also for us, a way to have like a certain community and be in touch with with you guys and uh, yeah. Uh, run this thing together i think that's that's all of our goal so enrico and i we don't make any money with this it's really just for supporting the show and then making it a self-sustained exactly thing, right yeah. Yeah. yeah you can see that so if you go on www.patreon.com slash data stories you'll find a lot of additional information on why we want to do that and how it works i think it's important to mention that we already have 47 patrons yeah and i want to thank them awesome. thanks so yes. much for <laughs> every single one <laughs> being er early adopters and maybe another yeah. source of confusion for some of these people has been that they haven't been charged so far a single dollar so the reason is because um basically we start charging our patrons only when we reach our goal Okay, so right now we are. So our goal is to have six hundred dollars per episode pledged, and right now with forty-seven patrons, we are at two hundred seventy-eight. So it's we are almost halfway. So please consider signing up because we are not too <laughs> far, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, as soon as we reach our goal, we will switch to having the show completely supported by you. Right. Um, what else? Is there anything else we have to say about Patreon? No, but except now is the best time. Because now is the like, best time. In a way, it's now exactly. or never. Yeah. We said we want to do this by June 2017. I think it is June. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Checking my calendar. So, and in a way for us is, well, we want to do this, but it only works if enough people like join and, you know, do it. And so if you're sort of toying with the idea of, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Do it now because A, we don't take any money right now. We only do it if we reach the goal. Yeah. And then you can still decide not to, like to unsubscribe basically at any time. Yeah. And if now not enough people do it, I think we might not do it at all, which exactly. would be sad. Yeah. And so, yeah. Now yeah. is a good time. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, if you're listening to this, uh, we are now is the time to do it. If you don't do it and if we don't reach our goal, we just have to revert back to the to the old model. Uh, I just want to say that Patreon gives an amazing service to everyone and it's very easy to sign up. Everything is super clear. You will see that in our Patreon page. Um, on the right hand side, there are several levels of pledging, right? And, uh, for each one, you, you, you get different benefit kind of benefits. And, uh, yeah. So I strongly suggest you just to go on the website and see how it looks like. And, you know, as Moritz said, you can try for a couple of episodes. And if you don't like it, you can just revert back, right? And I think one another thing that I really like of the way Patreon works is that you get charged only for episodes that are published, right? If we don't publish, you don't get charged. So that's right. another reason why I really like this model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Well. So, join the club. Um, <laughs> and thanks for listening so far. It's been a, it's been a very, very long episode. That's also nice. Kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, and um, to another 100, Enrico, right? Yeah. Well, thank you, Moritz. Ne next big party <laughs> is the episode 1000, of course. Yeah. It's been <laughs> great. Will be massive. It's been great yeah. to share this with you. <laughs> we went through so many yeah, things. <laughs> absolutely. It's sort of, I mean, we also got to know each other each through other the podcast right i mean in a way we sort of just started it and didn't know each other that well so yeah <laughs> it's nice uh, <laughs> yeah to to get to know each other through through such a shared interest yeah yeah okay well good cool thanks so much and yeah next time talk to you soon bye bye yeah. <laughs> see ya bye bye